Well, welcome. I know I got some guests here. Thank y'all for coming. This is what I love right here. Being surrounded with the saints, being able to talk about God's Word. And what I want to talk about tonight is a very important part of our life that will affect everyone around you. I want, as we start, I wanted to read this, and as we get into this lesson and we get to talking about it, I want you to really think about this scripture, because the title of my lesson is A Living Sacrifice. Just listen to this, and as we go through this, I won't be long, but I just want you to think about what this means. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. Amen? Amen. If you would, turn to Romans chapter 2. I didn't realize this, and Chad really didn't realize this, but it's just how the lessons have fallen. He was talking about the tabernacle. And I'm going to get into some of that tonight, uh, not actually into the tabernacle, but what I want to talk about is us being a living sacrifice. Let me read this. Uh, it's on the board. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've been praying about this scripture, and I've been thinking about this scripture for a long time. And I had another lesson that I wanted to bring, but I thought, you know, this verse is is so important for how us as Christians, and I'm talking to Christians, carry our lives. I prayed about two things, that tonight you'll have a better understanding of this Scripture and that you'll apply it to your life. Not listen to what I say, walk out the door, and totally just go about your business. I'm not the greatest speaker, don't claim to be, but I tell you what, He is, okay? And what this, what I'm going to do is I want to bring these Scriptures out so that you can be encouraged by it. This is not a sermon to beat you up. This is not a sermon that you 
walk out with your tail between your legs. This is a sermon to say, and I want you to think about it in your own personal life. I can only speak for myself as I look at these Scriptures, and you need to do the same thing. What I want to do is is kind of bring us up to speed on where we're at in Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to go back just a little bit in verse in chapter 11 and kind of bring us to where we need to be in that point. Because just using that verse, you miss so much more nutrients before it. Because He's bringing you into a point because He says, I beseech you therefore. And we know that when He says a therefore that there means that there's something that he said before that was pretty important that you needed to do. So what's happening is, and this is kind of happening in Romans chapter 9 and 10, he's talking about the rejection of Israel. Uh, Israel has rejected the Christ. He, uh, he talks about that Israel needs the gospel. This is in chapter 10. And as you move into chapter 11... It's uh, the title of it, it says, Israel's Rejection Not Total. And what he says, I'm just going to kind of zip through these verses and just bring us to where we need to be uh, in chapter 12. But he says, uh, God has not cast, this is verse 2, God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew, or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah and how he pleads with God against Israel? This is one of my favorite stories. And if you enjoy reading the Bible, take time to read this story. First Kings chapter 18 and 19 talks about Elijah, how he battles the prophets of Baal and he overcomes. And what happens is he, what happens is he runs away because the queen Jezebel is chasing after him and he <clears throat> talks to God and he says, uh, in verse three he says, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. And in verse 4 he says, But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed down to the knee of Baal. Me and James laugh and talk about this story a lot, but God always has something in the mix. You know, I thought Sunday I was going to have to work, and here I am worrying about if I'm prepared to preach, if I'm prepared to preach or not. And you know, God knew that it was going to be almost too much for me to bear, to have to not sleep and come preach. So as I went into work, my boss who's here, he said, y'all are off tonight once you get finished with this. And I thought, you know, God, why doubt God? You know, he always knows when it's too much to bear. Isn't that what the Scripture says? So, here he is. He's talking about Israel being uh, rejected. And they, in verse 11 he says, I say that they've stumbled and they should fall. Certainly not. But through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So because of them not believing in the Christ, of them not believing in the Gospel, it's allowed us Gentiles to be able to know the truth and be saved. And he goes on in verses 17 through 22. He, he uses the example of an olive tree, God being the root and the tree being holy, and the original branches being uh, the Jews. Well, the Jews have been cut off, 
as he said before, provoking them to jealousy because they didn't believe in the Christ. Y'all have to excuse me, my new glasses slip when I talk, so I'll probably be doing this a lot. Uh, it's not a nervous twitch deal. So. <laughs> but he uh, goes on to say, after that he says in verse 26, So all Israel will be saved as it is written. In verse 30, this is where I want to get to. This is where I want to bring us into this so we can just think about what Paul is saying right here and think about how important that this is. As it, You'll see as it bears out when we start talking about verse 1 of chapter 12. He says, For as you were once disobedient to God, us, yet having now obtained mercy through their disobedience, the Jews, we have now been allowed this mercy... This great mercy God has allowed us because of the Jews' disobedience and our disobedience too. So then he says in verse 31, Even so these also have now been disobedient that through the mercy shown you may also, they may also obtain mercy. For God committed them all to disobedience that he might have mercy on all. So what he's done is he's brought the Jews and the Gentiles to even playing ground. You know, like when you're playing ball, me and Wyatt can't be on the same team because it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. So Wyatt has to be on one team and i got to be on the other. That way it'll be fair. Same deal. Jews, Gentiles, anybody can be a Christian now. And that's awesome. So here, here Paul is in verse 33, says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. He's so excited about this and he's getting, he's getting excited about it because he realizes that God has shown mercy on everybody. He has shown mercy on every person. And, and this is one of my favorite verses in verse 36, and then I'll be into the message. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things, to whom be the glory forever. He made us, He sent Jesus, and through Jesus we can go to heaven. That's what it's about. And he's thinking about that and he's dwelling about that. So here he is, and he says, he's talking to these Rome Christians, and he says, I beseech you, I urge you, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. If you would, turn with me to Numbers 28. It's going to be on the board, on the wall, sorry. Uh, And it's going to be Numbers 28, 1 through 8. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to do a parallel... God in the Old Testament, this is a reasonable service. A reasonable service, as it says in in, in verse 1, it says that we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. A reasonable service is a worship of God. It's a worship to God. It's a service done to worship God. And what he does here, let me read this and then I'll explain it a little bit more. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the children of Israel and say to them, My offering, my food 
for my offerings made by fire as a sweet aroma to me. You shall be careful to offer to me at their appointed time. And you shall say to them, This is the offering made by fire, which you shall offer to the Lord two male lambs in the first year without blemish, day by day, as a regular burnt offering. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, the other lamb you shall offer in the evening. And one-tenth of the ephah of fine flour as a grain offering mixed with one-fourth of a hen of pressed oil. It is a regular burnt offering which is ordained at Mount Sinai for a sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. And its drink offering shall be one-fourth of hen for each lamb. In a place you shall pour out the drink to the Lord as an offering. The other lamb you shall offer in the evening as the morning grain offering, and its drink offering you shall offer it as an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Now, I know that's a whole bunch. So let me just bring it all in. God commanded Moses to tell the Israelites, which is what the priests were going to end up doing, two times a day to offer a lamb, a grain offering, and a drink offering. He gave specific instructions for them to do twice a day. Now think about that. Two times a day they needed to do this. And if they didn't do this, it wasn't this sweet aroma that God wanted. It was total disrespect to God and probably punishable by death. So, as we look at, back at verse 1, he's using this sacrificial talk the same way as he's using it in the Old Testament. He's saying to us, I beseech you, I urge you, I encourage you to offer or to present your body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Holy, as I looked up the literal on this, is a saint. So, being a saint is already what we are if you're a Christian. So how do you present yourself to be acceptable? How does that reasonable service How is that that you can present yourself to be holy and acceptable? Well, if you'll look back at Romans 12, verse 2, it starts giving you the way that you need to do that. We need to understand that to be pleasing to God and be that sweet aroma then what we have to do is we've got to present ourselves in such a way. The priests had to do a certain thing. They had to do this twice a day. And that's not the only thing they had to do, but this is just a certain part of a reasonable service for them. This is a service or a worship to God that was pleasing to Him. In verse 2, this is what it tells us to do. This is how we can be acceptable and start to show our reasonable service to God. And this isn't like once a week or a couple hours. This is the same way. Every single day in every single situation that we do. Think about it. Put, it, put that in your how you're living your life. I mean, it's real. It's as real as it gets. We all face the world and we all deal with 
with similar situations at work, at school, anywhere. But look at verse 2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world. And I'm going to stop right there. Conformed means to fashion oneself according to another pattern. We cannot conform to the world. We cannot conform to the things of the world. And we live in a world that can suck you in so easy. At your, like I said, school, at your job, at music, television, your phone. I mean, I can't even go, like I can't even hardly function without my phone. Five years ago, I didn't even have a phone. Like, I didn't even know how to use a phone. Now I can't even... Where's my phone at, bud? And we're... I, I mean, I, you can't do nothing without your phone. And right there, right at the, right here, as close as this is, before you know, you'd have to at least go watch TV or go talk. You don't even have to talk to nobody at all. You can just see it, not just think it. It's right there in our face. The world is so in our face, and sometimes we don't even realize it. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, imagine dragons. I was in the car, I don't know, a couple months ago, whenever this song came out. And I was listening to it, and I was jamming to it, and I thought, man, this is a pretty good song. Not really hearing the words, listening to the words, and... And then I cut the music up. And then I started to listen to the words. Let me just read a little bit of these words to you. When the curtain call is the last of all, when the lights fade out, all the sinners crawl. So they dug your grave and the masquerade will come calling out at the mess you've made. Don't want to let you down, but I am hell bound. Though this is all for you, don't want to hide the truth. No matter what we breed, we still are made of greed. This is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. When you listen to this, when you feel my heat look into my eyes, it's where my demons hide. Don't get too close. It's dark inside. It's where my demons hide. It's where my demons hide. This is my kingdom come. Where'd you hear that before? It's in the prayer to the Lord, right? It's a prayer to God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But here this guy is. And you know, I, I read a little bit about it and, and, and didn't want to just totally just dog it out or talk bad about it. But they said, you know, everybody's got their own problems and everybody's got their own stuff. Ephesians 6.11 tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand firm against the schemes. Of... It's, time, it's time to get serious about our life. It's time to get serious about the Bible. It's time to get serious about being a Christian. 
the devil has got schemes to suck you in. And he will suck you in quick. He sucked me in for a long time. You don't think the devil's excited when, when our kids or me, here I am, I'm listening to it. I'm bobbing my man, this is good stuff. And I cut the music up, and that's what they're seeing. Don't get too close, it's dark inside. But we all have our problems. We all struggle with stuff. There's no hope in the world. The world will love you and then let you go. If you don't know that yet, let me just go ahead and tell you. The world don't care nothing about what you do at all. As soon as everything's good and everything's going great, boy, I love Matt, man. He is a great guy. But as soon as I do something even slightly that's... Don't let me start talking about homosexuality or something like that. (laughs) What? I mean... We can't be mean to these people. And, and yeah, I totally un- I get that. But I cannot agree with that and be okay with that. That's, a com- that's conforming to the world. Amen? Is that not? Or a married man living with a, with a girlfriend and then trying to act like a Christian. Oh man, look at this Bible verse I got. Not to mention drugs, all that. I told we talked Wednesday night with the uh, youth, and they. Uh, I was talking a little bit about, you know, you start doing something. Hey man, come to this party we got going on. I'm just using this as an example. Okay. You go to the party, you hang out, you're good. Man, that was a good party. A lot of stuff was going on, you kind of didn't hang around. Well, then the next time, and we know this stuff, but I want us to really think about this stuff. Because it happens in your life, and you don't realize it. But what's so awesome is as we finish this out, God will never leave us stranded. He'll never leave us with something that won't, Allow us to beat it because the devil loses. He's already lost. He's already lost. But you know, you, hey man, why don't you get a beer? That's alright. I mean, you're not going to get drunk. Alright, get a beer. Next thing you know, you're bringing the six pack. Next thing you know, you're leading the party. Next thing you know, you're who knows? I mean, that happened to me. Next thing I know, I'm selling drugs and I'm doing things that I shouldn't do, but here I am trying to act like I'm a great guy. You know, I don't want nobody to see that I'm doing this, but yeah, bring the dope over here and we'll put it at my house. We'll keep it there with my kids there. This is real stuff. And this stuff happens so quick. And before you know it, you're gone. Just a little bit. Oh, I'm not going to do this. Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. 
and then you ease yourself in, and then you're gone. If you want to be pleasing to God, we've got to do His will. And we've got to do the things that He wants us to do. We cannot conform to the easy, worldly things that, that will be a good feeling at first, but there's no satisfaction in that. Which brings me to the final point. We have got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let me read the rest of that verse. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's why He wants us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That's why He wants us to be holy and acceptable. He wants us to strive to do that. Not to be upset at the church. Not to be thinking about ourselves. But thinking about, think about what I read at the first. Jesus was in heaven and came down to earth and died for sorry sinner Matt. Low down, two-faced, living the way I want to live, Matt. But as you strive to present yourself as a living sacrifice and transforming your mind with His Word, people can see the difference. Matthew 5.16, you become a bright and shining light. Hey, you have to look at your own life and see how you're doing. Some people in here are better Christians than I'll ever be. And I thank God that I can talk to them and be encouraged by them. But some people in here are not. I don't know who it is, but you know who it is. Remember, we got to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Mark 16, 15. That's, the, that's what we have to do. That's our job. And the only way that you can do that is by having your life in the right way. We can't do it if we're so wrapped up in the world trying to please it and we've lost our focus. And Satan's schemes have entrapped our minds. Ephesians 6 said what? Put on the full armor of God. If you don't put on the full armor of God... He's going to get you. And boy, He's ready to get you. Especially if you say you're a Christian and you love God and you're going to be a living sacrifice. (laughs) But if you do it, if you do get in the Word and you do strive to do His will, you can battle it. And you can win it. And you can change people's lives. Man, Matt is a different person. What's up with him? I constantly think about that and I constantly try to pray to be a shining light and to go tell somebody the gospel because somebody needs it. We've got to put Him first in our lives and understand what 1 Peter 5, 8 says. I'm telling you, Satan is trying to get you because he's lost the battle. He thought he could be God. And He was a created being. But I tell you what, 
He's going to do everything He can to make sure that the living sacrifices are going to burn in hell with Him. As you continue to be conformed and let the world slowly change your pattern on anything, salvation, what church you go to, what Scripture means by taking it out of context. Hey, let me tell you all something. There's only one church. It's the church of Christ. Christ's church. And He's the head of it. Amen? If that don't pump you up, I don't know what will. Jesus died on a cross, came back to life, and He said, I want you to be a part of my body. It's appointed for men once to die and then the judgment. Hebrews 9.27 Who's the one that will be judging you? The one you're supposed to be presenting your body as a living sacrifice for. I urge you. I beseech you. I encourage you. Get in the Word. Let me do like Paul did. God has such great mercy that He's going to allow you to come to heaven because you're a sinner. Why not learn from this? Why not grow from this? I got time. Time is on my side. That's that movie that Denzel Washington did. Time is on my side. <clears throat> The only way we live as Christians and can grow is to be able to strive to be that living sacrifice. It's by getting in the Word. I want to give you one example of that. One example of many. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. If you want to renew your mind and you want to be transformed, then you've got to read His Word. You've got to know what it is. Because look at what it said. This is on the board, but let me just read this to you. The renewing of your mind that you may prove. You will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God by presenting yourself in this way and striving to do that. Now here's an example of it. And let us consider one another in order to start... Let us... Consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. God commands us to gather together. For what? So He can punish us? So we can, somebody can stand up here and say, you're horrible, Carrie. <laughs> Just go home. Don't come back, please. You're horrible. No. What does the verse say? So we can stimulate one another to love and good deeds. I love you, Mark. I love you, man. And I want you to love me, and I want to encourage you to... Be the best Christian you can be because you encourage me. I love you, Mickey. I love you, man.
And guess what? What does he say? The day's approaching. Jesus is coming back, y'all. He's coming back for his church. <laughs> y'all ready? Is that even a big deal? He's coming back for his people. My people. My people. And the most important thing of all as we gather together is we get to worship the Almighty God. The Great I Am. The world is fast and, and furious. <laughs> Tokyo Drift, right? <clears throat> it's gone. You got to be on to the next thing. You got to hurry up. Come on, what you doing? What are you wearing? Really? Skinny jeans. That's where it's at. I mean, God's word is the same. And when he said, let there be light, is the same as it's going to be when he comes and says, come on, welcome home. I know him. I know you. I know I didn't get into too much detail about the conforming and the renewing your mind. But we know what that means. We know what conforming to the world means. I don't have to give a bunch of examples to prove that. We know what renewing our mind means. Let me tell you if you don't know. Read this. Read it. Read 1 Kings 18 on your own time because you want to. Christians... As I close this, I just want to tell you all one thing. And I know this for sure now that I will always say and I will always do. I love y'all. But I don't touch how much Jesus loves you. And how much God loves you by sending His Son to die on a cross for you. Do you respect that? Or who cares? I got time. I want to grow up. I'll do it in a little bit. I won't get in a wreck. Let me tell you something. You don't know when it's over. And when it's over, it's over. If you're a child of God here, and you need some prayer, if you need to repent, if you need some help, Come up here. Don't be embarrassed. If anybody makes fun of you, you tell me. This is a time to love on somebody. This is a time to care for somebody. This is time for somebody who's in need to have help. And brothers and sisters, preach the Word and love the brethren. Do you love your brethren? If you're not a Christian tonight, let me tell you something. You are missing out. You are missing out on the most important thing that will ever be. Jesus is coming back, y'all. Let me just shout it. He's coming back, and He's coming back for His kids. 
There's a checklist up here. Just look at this real quick as we finish. I can't even hardly say it because I'm so pumped up about the fact that Jesus is coming back. Are you even excited about that? As you see the day approaching, you meet on the first day of week with the saints so you can say, Hey, guess what, dog? Jesus is coming back, my brother. You ready? He's coming back, y'all. If you're not a Christian, let me tell you how you can become a Christian. you got to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 14. you got to believe. Mark 16, 16. You've got to repent. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to say, you know what? I'm not going to live like that no more. You've got to confess with your mouth, just like the Ethiopian eunuch did in Acts 8. He said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You've got to be baptized in this watery grave for the remission of your sins. And guess what? You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus comes back, you get to go and live faithfully. Live faithfully. Present your body as a living sacrifice every single day of your life, y'all. I encourage you to do that. Read the Word. Hey, I can't tell you. I know one thing. When Jesus Christ comes back, I'm headed that way. And I know that for sure. Do you? If you're not a Christian, come to me right now as together we stand and sing.